Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians and fanscapes.co.uk, made by fans for fans. Do you feel 3 nils a bit harsh? Yeah, for sure. I think that the, we started the game quite well. So the team in the first half, uh, we have a, a lot of situations in the counter-attack that the, the final decision was not right, but uh, we were there very close. Even the second half, we have a, a couple of chances that will be everything totally different. Then we concede the goal, and very soon we concede the, the second goal, and it was quite difficult for us. We started with too many problems because uh, obviously we came with uh, some issues, and but the team was uh, fighting really well. But uh, when you concede two goals in a few minutes, we know for experience the other day that it's very difficult to change things. Hello and welcome to another episode from A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Ben Winstanley and Matthew Neal. Ben, I know you were at the game, Aston Villa 3, Everton 0. What are your initial thoughts now you've had a day to sit on it, have a sleep and come to some conclusions for us? Okay, right. It's going to be um, one of them podcasts, I think. But look, I never like getting beat. I don't like these podcasts when we get beat, but I think my initial thoughts thoughts are Mick is that we shouldn't over overreact as a fan base I feel like we had massive injuries really unfortunate and isn't it just typical Everton when we get one injury we get four or five and it's not only to squad players but we're talking four or five first teamers starters for Everton Football Club and Pickford being out Coleman being out Calvert-Lewin Richarlison Hammers saying he's not fit it's it's just one of them. It just put down to unfortunate events. And I really do feel like for the first 60 minutes that we were probably just edging the better side. And then a massive moment in the game. Damari Gray turns their centre-half. He's through one-on-one and gets pulled back. And Craig Pawson, the referee, who I thought was quite 
awful all game. Didn't give anything. The linesman didn't give anything. And two minutes later, we're one nil down. Um, and it was kind of like that game against Burnley. There was just a mad six or seven minutes. And we just seen ourselves 3-0 down in such a short space of time because there's no way in a million years that that's a, a 3-0 game to Aston Villa. It was so close. They had a really good setup, good squad, no real injuries. And isn't it typical that one of our long-standing targets and Leon Bailey comes off the bench and just puts us to the sword, really? Comes on for 21 minutes, gets man of the match and walks off injured. His job's done. Um, so, yeah, it, it was really disappointing. I thought the fullbacks. I know Ben Godfrey's a natural centre-half, but he got exposed massively yesterday. I know he was quite affected with COVID. I don't know if he's suffering with long COVID because he didn't look fit enough. And I said on the last podcast, I got a bit of bit of a hammering on Twitter and social media over this one. But again, Lucas Dean hasn't been up to his usual standards. And I'm not here to help players. I'm not here to get stuck into players. I'm here to try and talk about what I feel as a fan going forward. And... I think us Evertonians expect Lucas Dean to perform to the standard that he has done over the past few seasons, especially his first season at the football club. He was phenomenal. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. And when he doesn't perform to them standards, people start asking questions. And that first goal, it's attacked down his side. I think it was yourself, Mick, who turned to me and said, bring him down, bring him down, take the yellow. And he didn't. He got turned once, twice. And... Matty Cash did the overlap, one touch and bang, it was in, 1-0 down. and uh, The corner again, it, it, the second goal, the own goal, it's kind of a bit of shambolic defending. And If you're going for this zonal marker and you're, you're in the space, you've got to win that near post head. If it's, it, it, because he's just mistimed his jump and it's glanced off his head and we're 2-0 down. And it forms a bit of a worry. I know people have been using a few stats. and I, Look, I like stats. Um, oh, I've seen the st- stats against that's obviously the Burnley and other games but lucky, looking at him he just doesn't look like he's performing to the standards that I, he probably expects himself so that was a, a massive minor for me and you've got to feel sorry for the likes of Rondon as well getting thrown in at the deep end obviously he's only been at the club a couple of weeks and it's going to take four, five, six weeks to get up to full match fitness and be thrown in at the deep end 60 minutes in and I think a few people, I've put out there on Twitter as well, uh, I think Lee has as well, about people's thoughts about what's the best thing to talk about and what topics we should address. And I think obviously Watch Toffee and a few others have said the failings of the academy and it's absolutely right. We've got no one coming through, especially when we get injuries like this. You've got to be looking for your younger generation to go, have we got anyone here to come in and perform to the standards we expect? And there's no one coming through. There's no one to fill that gap. So I feel like the under-23s is failing. I feel like the academy's failing. David Unsworth hasn't really getting the real tune out the players lower, lower down to come in, push the first team and make them perform better. So no, there's definite issues at the moment, Mick. And, uh, but yeah, let's not overreact. We've got four or five key big injuries out there. Um, like I say, we, we were in the game for 60 minutes. We performed quite well. I would have definitely took a point there. But look, we've come away 3-0 down and these Everton fans who are now giving it stick to Rafael Benitez, I feel like it's unacceptable. It's still a good start to having 10 points, uh, or sorry, to, our, to you know, the points we've got after the, the games we've had. I feel like we're in a really good position. We've got QPR this week, the Cup, another big game, and Norwich at home uh, next weekend. So if we can come away with the two victories there, we can put this one to bed. But fingers crossed, we work hard tactically and um, get the players back as soon as possible because we need them. 
Lee, the most disappointing thing for you, is it the fact that it was three goals in nine minutes, as good as Everton were against Burnley and obviously scored three goals in six minutes? We then returned the favour today, or yesterday, shall I say, to Aston Villa with three goals in nine minutes. So is, is that the most disappointing thing for you there on the road? You concede one, you think, right, now shut up shop for 10 minutes, regroup. But Everton didn't, did they? And if we're honest, they collapsed. Yeah, they did collapse, Mick. Um, just echoing what Ben has said, really. I thought we were the better side marginally in the first an hour. You know, we looked threatening on the break. I thought it was a decent performance given the, you know, the injuries that we were up against. But to collapse like that in that nine, ten minute period was really disappointing to see. We sort of we lost our heads, we lost our shape, composure. But to be fair, yesterday I did have a feeling that if we were to go a goal down, given the the personnel who were out and we weren't the stronger, we weren't the Everton that we've seen at Brighton uh, other weeks before, that I thought it was going to be an uphill struggle, and that and that's what happened. I thought the injuries just caught up to us after an hour. Um, we had nothing nothing at all on the bench to come on and, and influence that game in any way, shape or form. You know, you know you've know, you only got to look at the substitutions yesterday to, to show what happens to Everton when we've got two, three, four players out. You know, it's it's championship level, I would say. Um, and like Ben's touched upon there, I put a tweet out because I think there's been a lot of emotion coming out of, after the result yesterday. And I don't necessarily think it's definitely not right to point the finger of blame at Rafa Benitez that we didn't lose that game yesterday because of him. I think that's just stupid. Um, I think a really great reply that I got back was from uh, Ed McKay, who said, we lost that game in the transfer window. And I think that, that echoes my feeling perfectly, I'd say. I think there's a lot of anger coming out from the fan base towards Marcel Brands and maybe the failings from a few weeks back in that transfer window where... We all came on here. We, you know, a lot of people have said it. You know, we look short. You know, although the players who have brought, we, we've brought in have done really well. You know, we are only unfortunately two or three injuries away from being average at best, and that's what Gray 1987 has said as well. Lack of depth is always was always going to hurt us this season. But it, it is important not to get carried away. It's a defeat. It was always going to happen. You know, we're not in the top four or five best squads in the Premier League. So when we do lose players, we can't cope with that. We can't just replace the Richarlison with another top-level international. The people we're replacing them with, are, you know, they're not top half of the Premier League standard. I think Rondon was clearly not match fit. You know, I'm talking 30-40% fit. He looks miles off the pace. Not his fault. I thought he'd give everything that he had and did his best, but he just wasn't up to it. It was almost like playing with... 10 men after half an hour because he was the poor fellow was blown for tugs. But there was just a sense of inev inevitability yesterday, Mick, around the whole thing. As soon as the team sheet came out, it was a bit of a shock to everyone that that many players were out. And I don't know, the whole Hammers thing, I think there's clearly an issue there. I know Benitez has come out after the game and said, you know, he's informed and that he had a, a thigh muscle problem. But it's it's clear for anyone watching the interviews with Benitez since he joined the club, that there's, there's bad blood between the two. Benitez clearly wanted him gone. So whether it's James refusing to play or Benitez re refusing to pick him, whichever way around it is, it's leaving us short. And, you know, beggars can't be shoes as we can't afford it. You know, at a time like yesterday, especially, we, we need someone like James 
because we're scraping the barrel as it is. But yeah, it was a stupid 10 minutes. We lost all our composure. That's what's lost us the game. We can have no arguments about losing that game. But there's a real good opportunity coming up. You know, it's not like we're going away to Man United or City next weekend. We've got Norwich at home. And it is still a good start to the season. And if we can beat Norwich at the weekend and get through in the cup, it's still it's still a really, really, like a very, very good start. So it's not panic stations. We've got to accept a defeat. These things happen. Um, but let's hope that we can avoid two losses on the spin. Because that was another reply that I got um, on the back of the tweet. You know, it was the lads from Maisie Talk podcast. You know, the positives outweigh the negatives. Very important to avoid two on the spin. Good sides always do that. And if we can do that at the weekend, I think we'll all forget about the game yesterday. Matt, one player that is coming under some criticism is Luca Dean. His form seems to have dipped of late. What What are your thoughts on Luca Dean? I know his stats are still very, very good. He's still creating chances and he's still, you know, getting forward quite well. But defensively, he is looking a little bit suspect and some fans are now just starting to, to call him out, shall we say. So, so what are your thoughts on, on Luca Dean's form? Um, well, he, for me, he's never been a good defender, really. Uh, his, his, his best attributes are going forward. Um, a lot of the attacking fullbacks aren't very good good defenders, really. Um, but they've got defensive midfield players that can cover them on a regular basis. I still think we lack maybe someone that can that can trap back and, and help out our fullbacks. But I think half the issue is that when you've, when you've got absolutely no one on the right, then if, if the left-hand side's not working either, it just highlights it further. And I think that's what's happening. I think, um, you know, in, in reality, we've we've got one top-class fullback, fullback in the whole squad. Uh, and, you know, Seamus Coleman isn't a top-class fullback. And then we've only got one other fullback. So I think there's definitely some something not quite right with his form. I don't know what that is. He's certainly not as good going forward at the minute. I think some of his decision-making going forward needs to improve. I think his set pieces have some, for some reason dried up. I think he's got a wand of a left foot. I think we saw sort of early on that he, very similar to sort of Leighton Baines in that sense, that he can hit them from distance. Uh, he can score free kicks and that seems to have dried up as well. I don't know what that is. But I do think his form is being exacerbated by the fact that there's just nothing down the right-hand side. Even when Seamus Coleman plays, still really good defensively, Seamus, but the body just can't... He can't get past the halfway line. And, and the imbalance in our team, teams know what to do. They, they double up on our left-hand side. They don't worry about our right-hand side. And that's still an issue. And I... I I can't believe that the the director of football or whoever whoever's in charge, because we don't know, hasn't hasn't brought in at least a lone right back to 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 cover us this this season. It, it's 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 beyond ridiculous, Mick. To be honest, it's three seasons now. Um, I know we've had a a difficult summer, but to leave to leave it to the last couple of days of the window to try and get. Nathan Niles in when he's been a, sort of available all summer um, was was absolutely bonkers in my eyes and and to not have another backup to that is even crazier you know this guy he's getting away with murder this guy this director of football in my opinion you look at last night um, the imbalance of the squad still 
it's 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 really bad and and, and we've got injuries key injuries but we're we're still we spent all this money and we're still playing centre backs at full back um it's, it's crazy really we're going back to Lucas Digne yeah like I said I think he, he will improve he has to improve um defensively he has to improve he's always been a bit shaky at the back that's one of the reasons why you know there was when there was a debate sort of last season. You know, was he one of the best left backs in the league? I think he is, but I wouldn't put him right at the top because I don't think he's good enough defensively to, to, to put him right at the top of that list. But you can't be giving away the goals that he did yesterday. I, I you know, I don't know why he, he should have took down Cash for me. You know, he had to. Um, you've got to take him down there. Um, and then, there's, you know, the, the corner, you've just got to, you've got to put your head through that. You can't be you know, just flicking it on like that. So we'll, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. And it's just a, a case of when you've got areas of the pitch that are, that are weak, his form's going to be exacerbated. You know, his form's going to be highlighted. And that's exactly what's happened, unfortunately. Ben, looking pre-match, when the lineup came out, given all the injuries we've got, did you have any arguments with the selection that Rafa Benitez made? Um. Look, I feel like this kind of podcast is going to happen four or five times this year because we just do not have the squad capable of getting such injuries and we're just going to come away with some defeats due to that because we always seem to pick up knocks. We, we really, really do at really bad times. And I think Matthew's made a really good point there. I, I still can't believe that Ben Godfrey is, is playing right back three or four years down the line where we've been screaming out for, uh, for like so many transfer windows and just takes you back to our transfer one. It's just complete negligence from the director of football not getting in a right back this this summer, just gone. I'm just still in the whole thing, just in disbelief because the whole fan base can see it. The whole As soon as we've seen that, Mick, we kind of knew Ben Godfrey would give it his all but he's not a right-back. He doesn't know when to go. He doesn't know when to sit. There was no overlapping. He overlapped a few times and he was in this <laughs> their, their corner, um, Aston Villa's defence in their corner and he, he kind of was like, oh God, what do I do here? And he just literally started putting the ball in. There was no like interplay. There was no real overlap. Townsend was getting man-marked and like Matt said again, they were just doubling up on the left-hand side and Watkins, look, how many teams will go to Villa Park and nullify Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings because they didn't get a sniff. They really didn't get a sniff, I thought. But when they introduced Leon Bailey and they made that tactical substitution, it just opened up everything. Leon Bailey hugged the left touchline and Ben Godfrey didn't know whether to sit in, didn't know whether to pull out to the wing and there was just gaps all over the place. And that's where you need a right-back because, look, Yerry Mina and Ben Godfrey are the best centre-halves for me and they're the centre-half partnerships that I want to see going forward. And I'd even argue that I potentially would have potentially played Holgate at right-back yesterday. I know he has his critic, but and he probably won't get forward, but at least he's not bad defensively and he's played there before and he will put a foot in. Um, I just think position, positionally, I think Holgate potentially could have been better. And then you put your Ben Godfrey in your centre-half position alongside Yerry Mina, who I thought Yerry Mina was probably our best player yesterday. I thought he had one of his good games. Um, but again, we, you're going back to your original question and point, you've seen the team and 
there was murmurs before the game of the Charleston being out and um, Jordan Pickford and you just think how how on earth are we going to do this? We we kind of knew it was going to be long ball up to Rondon, feeding off scraps for the second ball and then hopefully breaking deep. Um, and look, the first half, I'd say we probably had the best chances. I think Asmir Begovic pulled off a worldy save down our end. We could see it literally level with it. It was a fantastic save. And we had certain, we had numerous opportunities going forward. I think Wondon had a couple of headers. He had a, a one-on-one and they could, potentially could have took earlier. But it, it's going to be difficult now. I think, obviously, they've said the injury is going to be for the next two or three weeks. We really need to somehow get a squad together in order to compete. I really don't care how we do it. Just beat QPR and beat Norwich this week because it'd be massive to get three points in the Premier League and massive to progress in the, the, for the next round of the Cup. So, yeah, it's one of them. We couldn't really work out, Mick. I know we were having a chat before, yourself, Jack and Nate um, and Mike here. We were trying to find establish what type of formation were we, were we looking at playing. Was it going to be a 4-5-1? Was it a 4-4-2? And I think it was kind of near enough a 4-4-2 with Damari Gray playing in the 10 position just behind uh, Solomon Rondon. And look, Gray was excellent again. He was by far our best player. He was lively. He wanted the ball. And we, we, we looked dangerous on the break for 60 minutes. Um, we had that Damari great chance in the second half, which was inches up past the post. We had that free kick last man appeal, which I still feel like how that didn't get watched because the linesman was directly on line with us. We could also, I don't know if it was Konsu or Mings, literally grabbed his shirt and pulled him back. And that's a free kick in a dangerous position. Then you look to go, is he the last man? And two minutes later, they're 1-0 up and... After that, the, the whole ground woke up. Fair play to Villa Park. When they went one and up, the place was bouncing. The atmosphere was electric. And I've never been there before. And it was it's such a great stadium. So fair play to the Villa fans. They really got off with them. But we were like Burnley on Monday night. Rabbits and headlights then. Literally didn't have a clue. There was no answer. We brought Gomez off the bench. And it just went downhill from there. And you've got John Joe Kenny coming on. Tom Davis. It's... The, the, the squad is is run dry. It really is. And got Ellis Sims on the bench there. And I know a few fans were calling for him to come on. But look, he, he's, he's hardly ever played in the Premier League. And he's just come back from a really serious injury as well. So I just don't see how he could have come on and made a difference. I know Awobi went off front against Huddersfield that we went to and played predominantly well. Um, but look, Rondon didn't look match fit. He didn't have his best game. But fingers crossed the big man can get a few... Um, a few more minutes on the training pitch and kick on because we, God, we're going to need him now. And it's time for Rafa to earn the money as well because he's got to try and go away this week and establish a way of playing with this depleted squad. Do you go 4-5-1, just stick 4-4-2? Or do you go back to your wing-backs you played against Burnley and try and hit on the break again? I just don't know. That's why he's in the hot seat and fingers crossed he can find a solution going forward. Mm, Lee, taking a step back and looking at the, the bigger picture, the whole picture, shall we say. Five games in. 10 points, a positive goal difference of three. Is, is this still a, a good start to the season for you? Yeah, just said it earlier on. I still think it's a, a really good start, Mick. Um, you know, we've, we've won the games we should have won. And I think that was the, the major frustration for most of us last year, um, where chances were present, presented in front of us. We had the chance to qualify for Europe. And the thing that stopped us doing that was we didn't beat the teams that we should have beat. The Premier League is a very, very difficult division. It's arguably the hardest league in the world, the most competitive league in the world. So you're going to lose games and 
we are in the middle of a, I don't know, it's a strange period for the football club. We're hamstrung by finances. For the first time in a while, we've not been able to invest hardly a penny in the playing squad. And that is going to hold us back this season at times. I've said it yesterday on Twitter. You know, our first 11 is a match for most. And we've and that we've shown that it's a really, really good side. You know, the, the probably three or four players behind that first 11 are also quite capable and can still probably see things ticking over. But beyond that, it's not great. And, you know, we're going to have to wait until January, you know, at the earliest to be able to remedy, remedy that in any way whatsoever. So putting everything into perspective and into context, it is still a really good start. Now, what I don't want to see is bad habits creeping back in. So let's get this straight. Norwich are a, are a terrible, terrible football side. What are they doing in the Premier League? They're just pointless. They just come up to get relegated. They don't even try and stay up. So they are sitting ducks. They're there for the taking. They've, lost, they've played five, lost five. I do not want to see them coming to Goodison Park and us be sounding like that broken record again. You know, oh, Everton are the team that people want to play if you want to break your hoodoo or you've not won a game yet. Let's let's put that in the past. You know, they're a team that we should be beating. Welcome to Goodison Park. Let's give them a hiding. Um, you know, even if we have got a couple of players out, we should be able to, at home, put them to bed. So that's what I want to see next. That's another maybe... Um, acid test for Benitez and this team. Can they can they put that sort of old Everton habit to, in, in the past? That's what I want to see. Um, but the cup's another important one. I don't think we're in a position to be resting loads and loads of players. I'd like us to go strong in um, the League Cup again because it just does me head in that we've never won that competition. Um, so I'd like to see us progress in that away at QPR, but it, it won't be easy. But it's all about Norwich for me. If we beat Norwich 13 points after six games, would it be? That's that's still a, a great start to the season. And it then, I know you say this a lot, Mick, and you know, it's a, it's a good point that you make. It then takes the pressure off your Man United away game. You know, if, if you can if you can win all your home games, or the majority of them, you can go away to those games with a bit more of a um, you know, a spring in your step a little bit more freedom, less pressure because you're not thinking, oh, we've just got beat against Norwich. You know, we, we, we're sort of fighting against the tide now. We're playing catch-up. And and freedom and relaxation usually means better performances away from home. So let's just see. Beat Norwich on Saturday and it's still very, very good start under the circumstances, yeah. Matt, there's been a lot of talk over Rafa Benitez before the game and after the game. Is it fair to say that given the circumstances and the amount of players we had out injured that yeah, last night was a free hit for Rafa. A lot of talk, like I say, has been mentioned on social media that, you know, it, it, it's a must-not-lose away at Aston Villa. But given the circumstances, do you feel it was a free hit for him? Uh, it wasn't a free hit, but it's he, he's, he's, he's doing really well, mate. Um, you know, the underlying numbers prove that. You know, sometimes you know, there's we've got things available to us now that, that tell us that he's got this evidence side really well set up. Um, you know, they're not conceding a lot of chances. Um, they've got a threat in in going forward now, and I thought they were all right uh, last night. I think um, 
you know, up until 60 minutes, it was a, it was a, it was an even game. They did to us what we did to Burnley, and that happens. the The worry for me is we do. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see some of those Opta stats, but the amount of times we concede first, certainly away from home, and then capitulate and concede two or two or three within a, a quick space of time, it, that worries me because that's not a one-off. That's happened a lot with this squad. Um, but Rafa's doing really well. I, I'm really, I'm really enjoying what Rafa's bringing to us. Um, you know, we had so many. You know, you you take out Ings and Watkins, and you take away Martinez, um, and you take away Matty Cash, which is all the positions we were missing la- uh, last night. You know, we we'd have beat them. You know, we're doing well. The underlying numbers tell us that we've. Um, we're not. I think we're sort of fourth or fifth in 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 expected goals, um, and we're not conceding as many chances as we were last season. And that proves to me that overall, this season we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a good season if we can carry on that way. You know, we've got a decent enough squad um, in terms of at least it's a little bit more balanced than it was last season. You know, the wingers have made a big big difference. You know, I, I, I really enjoyed Damari Gray's performance last night. You know, it, it was it was just that little bit of threat that we had on the on the counter attack. Everything that we did well was was through him. Um, and I thought he'd score just before Villa went on to score. You know, I, I'd never call it a free hit, Mick, because no Everton game's a free hit. You know, we're too big a club to be saying that managers can have free hits. But no, you... This, if 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 anyone seriously, uh, you know, considering Rafa to be at fault for last night, or seriously can talking about him sort of being under pressure, then they need to go play tiddlywinks or something and not follow Everton because uh, they're talking rubbish. You know, as far as I'm concerned, Rafa's here for the next three years. We need some stability. We need a manager that can take us forward. The Hammers Rodriguez situation is exactly why a manager of someone like Rafa needs to stay here for two or three years because this squad is full of players from different managers who either don't want to be here or don't work. And, you know, he's, we've got we've got a squad player that's on over 200 grand a week. He's not even involved in any of the, any of the games this season. You know, I, I, I'm, you know, West, West Ham are a great example of what Moisey's done within 18 to 24 months. He's gone in there. He's had two. He's had a couple of windows to sort himself out, and they look a good side now, West Ham. And that's what you need—a little bit of stability. Rafa will bring us that. I've got. I've got no doubt about that. Um, and it's all about mentality now. Can we bounce back with two wins this week? You know, two games we should be winning, uh, especially if we talk about the Norwich game. Like Lee said, I mean, how many times have uh, as, as a team come to Goodison? After not winning, and you know, and, and come and done us two 0 or something like that. I mean, I, if you remember the last time Norwich come to Goodison, I don't think they won in about ten games, and they come here and battered us two 0 and that was a that was good night Vienna for Mister Silver. So that can't happen. The boys have got to react well. They've got to get back on the horse, as they say, and we've got to get you know we've got to get three points. Uh, we've got to win our home games. Uh, you know, if you win the games that you're expected to win, then you're doing all right in this league. Um, but, you know, the people that are slating Rafa and 
talking about him being under pressure. They need to go watch something else or go support Newcastle or something. Ben, moving on to the next topic. I know Matt's just touched on it, but James Rodriguez is again dividing opinion amongst the fan base. Left out of the squad yesterday, so we didn't even have our full quota of substitutions. Now, it's it's all up in the air, this one. Some people saying that James Rodriguez has made it quite clear to Rafa that he wasn't fit to play. Rafa clearly, like Lee said earlier, maybe doesn't really want James at the club. The club may want James out due to high wages. James may not want to play. There's so many ifs and buts. But, but where do you sit with this one? I think he's very good at Call of Duty. He's brilliant on that switch. He's, um... <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a talking point amongst Blues here. It's going to be a difficult one to resolve, I think. Obviously, during the training videos and stuff in this week, James was obviously involved with like the tactical side of things on that Friday. And look, it happened last year. The, the, the Colombians are made of, of poppadoms. They break easily. And if they're not 100% fit, we said it on previous podcasts, they just won't play. But it's it, it's a re- it's, no one really knows what's going on behind the scenes. Has Hammer said that? Is Benitez freezing him out? Who knows? My personal opinion on it is I feel like we kind of left Hammers at home to train alone. He's now been introduced back into the fold and realised just the high levels of fitness that you actually do need to play in the Premier League. Me as a fan, I want to see him in the squad. I want to see him playing because he is our best player. Um, I've said before, I'm desperate for Rafa and Hammers to sort out the differences because there is a place for him in this side. He's, he's absolutely astronomical. He's one of the best players in football. Still, we've seen that last year, just how good he is. But if he's not 100% fit, and if the manager's come out and said that, that he said that he's not 100% fit, then what can you do? You've, you've just got to back the manager and get behind him. Um, people are calling Benitez all sorts and are putting him in the squad. But look, if a player turns around and says, I'm not fit, what can you do? You, you can't be, you can't just throw him in and throw him into the deep end. If he picks up a more serious muscular injury, he's out for the season. And But I do feel like these next three weeks, I think we should and will finally see Hammers live because we've got no other option now. If, if you needed that rest against Aston Villa, maybe they thought we've got four or five players out now, maybe bringing Hammers back in now might not be the best best time. But look, QPR away, Norwich at home. The games they can come on and literally have all the time in the world and really influence the game going forward. And look, us fans want to see James Rodriguez. We do, because I'm in awe of the man. He's an absolute super footballer, one of the biggest names in world football, as I've touched on previously. And it's going to divide opinions among fans that there's people on the brigade that probably want Rafa to fail and are blaming Rafael Benitez for not picking him, from being stubborn for him not putting the past in the past and just refusing damn like you didn't go in the window so I'm not now I'm not going to pick you or if we got Hammers pushing for a move it didn't happen and now he spats his dummy out and saying that he's not fully fit we just don't know there's so many ifs buts or maybes and we're not really one to speculate all we know for a fact is that he's been training with the first team this week which is a positive for me it's a good sign he's integrated back within the squad show his quality. Hopefully, he shows Benitez that he's willing to work, especially defensively, and put the groundwork in. Because, look, he'll want to play football. He'll want to probably experience the Premier League with a full capacity behind him, with the crowd present, because there's nothing better anywhere. Most stadiums are brilliant. Obviously, Goodison Park special for me, and I feel like Hammers will want to play with the whole crowd watching. So it's a situation that needs to get resolved sooner rather than later. 
got fingers crossed that we can go and go to Norwich, especially Norwich on Saturday, get the three points with Hammers in the squad because he's still got a lot to offer for me, Mick. So I'm just hoping that it is just a minor injury scare because, like I said, these Colombians won't play unless they're 100% fit. We can then put this behind us and get him back integrated with the squad and get some minutes under his belt. Lee, looking ahead, Everton play on the 21st, which is the Tuesday against QPR, a 7.45 kickoff in the Carabao Cup. Are you expecting a host of changes with this one with pretty much most of the substitutes at Aston Villa to start the game? Well, I hope not. Um, as I touched upon the last time you came to me, Mick, I, I don't want to see wholesale changes. I know the squad is thin, but this competition is massively important. Um and I don't want to be out of the League Cup after the second round. I think it's a competition that we've come close. You know, it, it, we've sort of fell at the quarterfinal, semi-final stage a couple of times of late. And, you know, I, th- I think Benitez has shown in the past he's a good cup manager. So if we can get these first few rounds out of the way. There's a real opportunity there, you know, with especially when the Champions League kicks in and, the you know, the, the top four have got maybe perhaps other priorities. So... I think the man you've just touched upon there, I'd very much like to see him, if he's available, come in and get minutes under his belt on Tuesday. I think it'd be a, an ideal time to integrate him back into the team or, or or at least the squad on Tuesday with a view to being involved at Goodison on Saturday because I think by the sound of it, Calvert-Lewin's still going to be out. Um, Richarlison is still going to be out. We're woefully short up there and Rondon isn't fit. So we need options, you know, Ellis Sims, you know, is it maybe a little bit too soon for him to seem to be a reluctance to throw him on yesterday? Um, but just touching on a point Ben made there around Hammers having to work hard and track back, I'm not sure whether Benitez will request that from him. I, I, I remember an interview with Andros Townsend last week where Benitez has told him, I don't want you defending, I don't want you. He wants him to do the job of a winger. You know, get paint on his boots, stay wide, attack, focus on his on his attacking threat, his, his assists, scoring more goals. So I certainly think the focus, I mean, there's a difference between that and allowing him to be lazy. He has to defend from the front, but I don't think there's going to be a need for Hammers to be tracking back. That's the job of other players in the squad. But we, my word, we need his quality. And if, if, if he can somehow find a resolution to to whatever's gone on in the past between them because clearly something's gone on. I don't think it's just the case of Everton just wanting Hammers as 200 grand a week off the books. It can't just be as simple as that because we chose to pay him and the same people chose to pay him that amount 12 months back and he was lighting the world up this time last year and we were all singing his name and, and it was amazing to, to be watching him playing you know, for Everton. So let's just hope that, that we find a way for this fantastic footballer to be brought back into the fold um, and, and to help us out when, when we need him. Uh, because let's be honest, we do. It things, you know, it's thin. So, no, Mick, to go back to your original question, I really hope there isn't wholesale changes. I don't think we've got the players to be making wholesale changes because if we do, we've shown that the level behind this first 15 players isn't great. And I think we are playing with fire if we go down that route. And I think we would be a, oof, I, th- I think a real chance of an upset. 
uh, QPR would be licking the lips if you saw some of the people coming off the bench yesterday starting. So, no, I'd go as strong as we possibly can. A little bit of a statement of intent and let's try and get through in the cup and also give us that bit of a confidence boost. A, a win straight after the defeat, heading into a, an important game on Saturday against Norwich. Matt, just looking at QPR, they've started the season quite well. They've scored 16 goals and eight, so they're averaging two a game. They're currently sitting in eighth place on 12 points. So they're no mugs, are they, QPR? They're pretty decent. They've got some players that can cause some damage. So do you agree with Lee there? You think Everton should maybe send down a, a relatively strong team down to Loftus Road? Yeah, I, I agree with Lee in terms of how important this League Cup is. You know, for how many seasons have we given this competition sort of the elbow and a sort of arrogance when, you know, we're not even in Europe. I think it changed, you know, I think the last couple of managers tried to rectify that, to be fair. And I think it's two seasons in a row now we've got to the quarterfinals of this competition. Um, and hopefully we can go a little bit further again this season. I definitely play a, a strong team. Um, I'd, you know, they're probably meaner. Uh, I'd probably wrap meaner and in cotton wool uh, due to the fact I just don't think you can lose them but I'd certainly be, be playing the core of the team there um, because you know they're still getting used to Rafa's methods so any time on the pitch is is important um, I'd certainly be giving people like Rondon minutes because clearly he's not up to speed yet and, and the more match fitness he can get you know, it's only one game in the midweek and if players can't play three times in a week then they shouldn't be playing professional football. So I certainly wouldn't be making more than... I'd probably make maybe three changes just to wrap you really key players in cotton wool in positions that we haven't got a lot of cover in. Um, but I'd be playing the core of the, core of the team there to try and get a win. I would like to to see... If, if, if Hammers has got a chance... Of, of ever rectifying his, his, his Everton career and I have doubts you know before the January window then you know he's got to be playing some part on, on Tuesday night um, because if you're not going to integrate him into a, a League Cup game then, then when are you going to be able to integrate him back into the squad it's as simple as that you know and we're in set, we, uh, we're, near, we're near you know mid to end September already you know, in a couple of months' time, it's, it's the January window and he'll be off. So he's not got a lot of time to, to rectify his seventh career. So I'd definitely be involving him. And it's definitely a competition. It's our best opportunity to win a competition. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. Um, you know, we're not going to win the league. Uh, and the FA Cup, it's difficult. It is difficult. So I think we've got a night, we've got a reasonable draw against QPR, but they are a good good team. You know, Mark Warburton down there, they've really rebuilt, you know, since they since they uh they've gone down, they've had to go through two or three years of sort of sorting out their finances. You know, but over the last couple of seasons they're starting to rebuild their squad. You know, they've 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 re-signed Charlie Austin this season. Um they've got a couple of young players that I like. Um and if they play, we'll have a you know, but they've got some handfuls, they score a lot of goals. And what they do do well, Mick, is I've seen them a few times this season. When they go behind, they come back. You know, I've seen them um, against Barnsley early in the season. They were 2 0 down and they came back and drew 2 all. And only last week, they were 3 1 down with 10 minutes to go to Reading and they come back and they drew 3 all. So they're a team with a lot of spirit, a lot of heart, a lot of character. And, 
it's certainly not going to be an easy test underneath the floodlights. You know, it's an old-fashioned stadium. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure the atmosphere be be rocking for a for a fourth round League Cup game. So, you know, we'll have to play better than what we did at Huddersfield. There's no doubt about that. You know, we can't afford to be playing as poorly as I thought we did that night. Um, I thought we were really poor that night. Um, and I don't think we can afford to make the seven, eight changes that we made last time out. I think, I think we'll just we'll just have to keep it to a minimum without any fuss, try and get through it in the next round. Okay, guys, it's that time again. Ben, I'll come to you first. What is your prediction for Everton versus QPR on Tuesday at 7.45 kickoff? 1-0, Everton win. 1-0. And Lee? Um, well, it all depends, doesn't it? Uh, it depends on the strength of the side that we put out. I think Matt's right. I think it was a really disappointing performance away at Huddersfield, and we were, you know, probably a little bit fortunate that evening. So, but if we go as strong as we possibly can, we should have too much for QPR. But I don't think it's going to be a hammering, given the uh, given the injuries that we've got currently. So I'm just going to go for a probably a two-one again. Two-one and Matt. Uh, I'll, I'll go uh, I'll go 2-1 as well. And I'm going to go 1-0 to Everton. And that's all we've got time for. Aston Villa 3, Everton 0. Everton roll on to Tuesday night down to Loftus Road in the Carabao Cup. And we will be back Wednesday afternoon with all the fallout, match analysis and all the talk from QPR versus Everton. In the meantime, stay safe, take care and we'll see you then. All the very best. <laughs>